live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. All right, welcome back. Hour two of the Sports Huddle. Bob Black back with you here. Here being RFMP Park in Glen Allen, Virginia, and Ryko County. We are at the Babe Ruth World Series. 13-year-old youngsters are going at it from literally all across the country. Richmond Region Tourism, one of our great partners, has brought them all to town again this season, and this tournament runs all week long. We'll talk more about it. At the bottom of the hour, the local team, the Glen Allen team, is one of the favorites again to win this. So we'll be keeping our eyes on them, and we'll be talking with some of their guys a little bit later here in the 5 o'clock hour. Right now, though, we're going to kick off the 5 o'clock hour with one of our guys who we love to talk Washington sports with. During the summer, it's usually the Nationals with a little bit of a touch on the Commanders. Today, Al Galdi joins us to talk a little bit of Commanders, maybe with a little bit of touch at those upstart surge Washington Nationals at the end of our conversation. Al, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, good, Bob. How are you? Doing fine. Thanks. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Let's start with the Commanders, Al, and what you saw from the first preseason game. And I would ask specifically, you know, a lot of eyes were on Sam Howell and what he did at the start of that game with kind of a mix and match of personnel with the offense. What did you think? I thought Sam did well. Uh, I was encouraged by what we saw. I've been pretty optimistic on Sam, you know, with the understanding that, you know, we don't know anything, okay? Like, he could come out and not be good this season. Most non-first-round quarterbacks do not become good NFL quarterbacks. But I do think that there's a lot to like with him, and I think that there's a real upside here uh, that is worth pursuing. And so with that as kind of a backdrop, uh, I thought that he played well on Friday night. I thought he was accurate. I thought that he made good decisions. He showed off his mobility. I mean, you look at the three incompletions that he had, you're talking about two throwaways and one uh, knockdown, you know, a play on which Mm -hmm. the ball got uh, tipped by defender who was coming. Uh, You know, he played behind an offensive line that wasn't exact stellar, and I thought that he he did a good job. So I was impressed. I mean, you know, you have to sort of attach all the usual caveats of preseason and no game planning and small sample size and all that stuff. But for the opportunity that he had, I thought that Sam did well. I mean, the fourth down completion was great. The touchdown pass, he was under duress. He made the throw. John Dodson made a good catch. So uh, a lot to like there. You know, I think everything else was really a mixed bag. I mean, the offensive line certainly struggled. Um, You know, now it wasn't all bad. The line was good enough uh, for the team to have that touchdown drive that resulted uh, in the Dodson touchdown reception. But, you know, the two Andrew Wiley penalties, Nick Gates uh, had a blocking fail on a minus two-yard reception by Brian Robinson Jr. The first offensive snap of the game was a a, a zero-yard run by Robinson on which Mm -hmm. uh, the left tackle, Charles Leno Jr., struggled. So, you know, you hated to see that just because of, like, all of the questions we all have about the offensive line. Uh, And then the defense, you know, it was so funny. I mean, the defense got carved up for so much of that first-round offensive drive. And then the last two plays were so good. (laughs) And that was such a good goal-line stand. So, you know, things to like, things not to like, but – uh, I thought there was more good than bad on Friday night. Hey, uh, let's take a step back on the offense for a moment and just 
big picture, how do you think it operated using as a backdrop? And maybe this never even got to the players, but we had the big hullabaloo last week with the Ron Rivera comments on Eric Bieniemy and the players coming to him and saying he's being too hard. All of that, if you step back and just take a big picture look of how Bieniemy's offense operated, what would you come away with? I thought it operated well, all things considered. I mean, Ron Rivera and his post-game presser was complimentary of the offensive operation. Sam Howell was as well. I mean, if you're analyzing, like, what we saw, we saw, I thought, a lot of, like, West Coast concepts, which you would expect, but which lend themselves to shorter, quicker passes, which I think is good for a young quarterback, gets them in rhythm. I also think it's good when you have a questionable offensive line. You know, we saw multiple formations. We saw the quarterback on the move, which I think is good, I think is key, especially with a guy like Howell. You know, there was that sprint-out completion uh, that Sam had to Terry McLaurin that I liked a lot. So, you know, what we saw I thought was good. I mean, it was strange last week what we had with the Ron Rivera reveal of players having gone to him with concerns about Eric Bieniemy. And you know, there's a lot that we don't know. Like, when exactly did that happen? Is that a recent thing? Is that more a distant thing? Uh, what exactly were the concerns? What was the tone of the conversation? I don't love this idea of players doing that. You know, this offense hasn't been good since 2017. Like, mm-hmm. to me, unless you're Terry McLaurin, I- I'm really not interested in hearing you complaining about, you know, a new offensive coach doing things in a harsher way. Like, yeah, like you guys haven't been good for a, lo- a while here. So, you know, I'm not sure what exactly uh, gives you the right to complain um, and, you know, I thought it was weird, too, that Ron Rivera put that out there. He didn't have to do that. He could have Belichick did, and he didn't. So, you know, there are things about that that don't make a ton of sense. But what matters is this. Are, are they beyond whatever happened? And is the offense going to be good this coming season? Mm-hmm. Because if it isn't good, this team's going to have a hard time winning. And I think that it can be good. There are questions. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a situation where I think you can talk yourself into the offense being good. You could also talk yourself into the offense being not so good. Like, there's a, there's a wide range of outcomes that are realistic, I think, with this offense. But I think the enemy knows what he's doing. And if he is, in fact, you know, cracking the whip a little bit and working these guys hard and, you know, really harping on attention to detail, I think that those are good things. I do not think that those are bad things. I actually thought he handled himself particularly well, at least publicly and in the media yeah. presser afterwards. I thought Biennemi himself probably earned some points for the way he handled things. What did you see there? I agree. Uh, you know, he is a very good uh, talker at these pressers. Mm-hmm. Um, he, we, we saw this in his introductory press conference in February, and I thought that we saw that again last week. You know, he was put in a weird spot. It, it was a strange deal because – Ron revealed this in a pre-practice press conference, and then Biennemi had an already scheduled post-practice press conference that day. Like, just by chance, this happened on the day on which Biennemi was scheduled to speak. And so his press conference, which was his first media availability of training camp, ended up being this session during which he had to answer questions about and justify and explain his coaching style, which was not what that presser was supposed to be. It was supposed to be about, like, How's Sam Howell doing? How's the offensive line doing? You know, yada, yada, yada. And instead, it became this, like, referendum on, like, why he coaches the way he coaches and what is meant by the way that he coaches and all this stuff. And I'm with you. I thought that he handled himself really well. And he handled himself in the way that you should handle yourself. He took the high road. He, I thought, came off honest, but also, you know, direct. And he certainly was not, like, 
uh, defensive or anything like that. I-, I thought he did a really good job. You know, he wants to be a head coach. I thought he handled that uh, like a head coach, which was good. Yeah, that's exactly what I said last week, that that uh, ironically may actually help him, you know, get that head coaching position when he can go back and show that tape as how he would handle himself as a head coach. And he had the support of his former players in Kansas City, too, almost to a man they came out in support when when they were asked about it as well. All right, that's in our rearview mirror there, Al. Let's look forward. Um, This may be the most important week of preseason for commanders because it's a combined practice session with baltimore tomorrow and wednesday what do you expect out of those couple of sessions because i think everybody likes this idea of these joint practices no more so than the coaches themselves yeah i think you're right this is the peak of the preseason i think what we're going to have the next two days almost serves as like another preseason game so you know you have these two practices tuesday and wednesday and then you have the actual preseason game against the ravens a week from tonight Uh, at FedEx Field. I do think that coming out of all of this, if Sam Howell does well or at least does decent, he will be officially proclaimed as a starting Mm. quarterback. That hasn't happened yet, but I mean, you know, everyone knows that we're sort of headed in that direction. He certainly is being treated uh, like the starting quarterback, but I do anticipate an official declaration of that um, early next week if, in fact, things go well uh, over these joint practices and with the preseason game. I mean, obviously, especially with the joint practices, you know, things are going to be physical. These are going to be intense. I think these are going to be telling. You know, the offensive line, does it do better? You know, in these two practices, I think there are some things for it to prove. Uh, The commander's defense has had a very good training camp. How does it do against a different offense? You know, it's it's tricky to evaluate defense in training camp, right, because you're facing the same offense every day. Mm -hmm. These defensive players probably know by now, like, exactly what is coming and when what is coming is coming. So what does the defense look like facing, you know, Lamar Jackson and a Ravens offense with which the defense isn't familiar? So I think that's going to be interesting. And, you know, there's also this. The commanders are starting to get banged up. Logan Thomas has been out for more than a week now with a cap issue. Uh, we learned today that Benjamin St. Juice is dealing with an ankle. Samuel Cosme, uh, during practice this morning, suffered uh, a knee injury. Nothing seems overly serious, but we are at a point now, you know, kind of like in the dog days of training camp. Obviously, health is paramount. And so, you know, you, you do say to yourself, all right, you want guys to practice hard, but you certainly don't want anyone getting injured in these joint practices. So I wonder if guys... Some guys do get held out. You know, obviously we had Chase Young suffer the stinger this past Friday night. But Darian Mathis suffered a calf issue or was dealing with a calf issue. So there are some significant key commanders players who are dealing with some nicks and bruises. Uh, and I think that's something to keep in mind. But I, I think this is going to be a really good week. Big test for Sam Howell, offensive line especially. Uh, but I, I think this is where, like, a lot of growth can happen too. So I'm, I'm really happy that uh, Washington is doing this. And, of course, Al, at the end of the week, we get the game, and the commanders will have so much incentive because the strangest streak in all of sport could be broken (laughs) if they could win this game, right? The Ravens have now won, what, 24 straight preseason games? It's stupid, isn't it? It is. I mean, I don't even know if that's something to be lauded or if that's something that we should laugh at, uh, maybe kind of both. Yeah. Yep. But I have to yep. tell you, as a Commanders fan, I kind of would like for them to be the team to end that streak, even though the streak means nothing. So, yeah, Fair. I hope 
the team does get that win on Monday night. <laughs> Fair enough. That is, I, you know, I'm an Eagles guy. I was rooting for the Eagles to win that game. When they went for two the other day, I'm like, let's win it. Let's break this streak. It gave them something to play for, but it is kind of the weirdest streak ever in the history of sports. Hey, another streaking team. Let me finish with you as we kind of flip-flop rolls through the summer here. These Nationals are almost out of last place in the National League East. Now, the Mets have a lot to do with that, but the, the Nationals won, what, 7 out of 10. They swept the A's. I realize it's the A's, and they really showed a heartbeat in the way they came back and won yesterday's game. It was something. Uh, a 7-2 ninth-inning deficit gets overcome via a six-run bottom of the ninth. I mean, think about this. The Nationals have not swept a series of at least three games since June 2021. The Nats wow. now have authored a three-game sweep in three of the last four weekends. The Nats have gone from never registering a sweep you know, for years, and now, like, all they do, it feels like, is register sweeps. So that right there, I think, captures, you know, how this team is playing better. The Nats have won 15 of their last 23 games. The Nats are two wins away from their win total of all of last season, 55 wins last season, 53 wins now this season. The team is better. The team is getting better. Now, you know, what does that mean in terms of, like, when the team actually gets playoff caliber again is still hard to say. But if you are a Nats fan, I don't know how you don't feel appreciably better about the state of the team now as compared to a year ago, six months ago, even like three months ago. Things are on the rise. And the other thing that's going on, and you know, it matters as much, maybe even more, than what's happening at the major league level, is what's happening at the minor league level. Dylan Cruz, who the team took with the number two overall pick in this year's draft, is already killing it for the uh, low-A Fredericksburg Nationals. He just got named uh, the league's player of the week. He on Sunday went 5-for-5 five five with two home runs and a walk. He is hitting like crazy. He is playing the way that you would expect a number 2 overall pick to play. And him in conjunction with another outfielder, James Wood, there are other prospects on the rise as well. Third baseman Brady House comes to mind. You know, there is a uh, an inventory of prospects now that the Nats have. These guys figure to form the nucleus of the next great Nats team. And that team could be coming sooner rather than later. You know, like, I think next year could be a big step forward season. You know, I think certainly two years from now, you could be looking at the team being good again. So, you know, a ways to go. You certainly can't plant the flag of victory in the rebuild, okay? you got to see how these guys pan out. But right now, at this moment in time, I think there's legitimate reason for some real optimism if you're a Nats fan. Yeah, no doubt. I think this has gone uh, the way Davey Martinez wanted it to and maybe even a little bit accelerated as well. So fascinating times up there in D.C. I'll appreciate your time this afternoon talking Commanders and Nationals, and we'll do it again before too long. Okay, thank you very much. There goes Al Galdi. Hear the Al Galdi podcast here on 1061 ESPN, plus the Nats chat podcast as well, which will continue through the end of the season. And they do have some positive things to talk about right now. Why not? Let's have the Nats finish ahead of the Mets. Let's just bury AJ's Mets into last place in the National League East. We'll just put them out of their misery and put them in the cellar of the National League East before this season is over. Uh, All right, let's tell you what we got coming up before this show is over this afternoon. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You could save up to 30%. All the details are right there for you online at jamesriverair.com. 
Com. Again, we're broadcasting live at the Babe Ruth World Series here at RF&B Park in Glen Allen. Another one of our great sporting events uh, facilitated in the good old RVA by the staff at Richmond Region Tourism. They are with us here this afternoon and have done a great job with us as well. Tournament, and it's going on right in front of us, actually. Got a game between Arlington, Virginia, and Rhode Island at the moment. They go to the uh, third inning in that game, and it's a one-run game, 3-2. to two, Rhode Island lead, so it's a good game. Uh, a lot of good baseball out here. These are 13 year olds from teams all across the u.s of course our glenn allen all-stars are off to a 2-0 start in the tournament so we're live out here until six o'clock we'll talk some glenn allen baseball with some of their folks coming up at the bottom of the hour other than that we're wide open the rest of the five o'clock hour there have been a couple of breaking stories out of the nfl ezekiel elliott says he plans to sign with the new england patriots if he's up and going by game one that means he gets the defending nfc champ philadelphia eagles in his first game and they'll reunite from his time with the Cowboys against the Eagles and now with the Patriots and the Cowboys news today Zach Martin uh, did sign a one-year contract so he will be heading to Cowboys camp and he should be ready to go by opening day we go to a break back on the other side after a timeout thanks for tuning in on this Monday afternoon again live from RFNP Park in Glen Allen and Ryko County Virginia Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN it's not much of a divisional race in the NL East. But hey, just ask the Mets how that worked out for them last year. The Braves still have plenty of work to do, and you can hear every broadcast here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. So we are getting closer to college football season. You can kind of tell. With all the camps underway now, and we're within two weeks of week zero. And for most of our teams, that means three weeks before opening day. Labor Day weekend will be opening weekend for most of our college football teams. And two of the more prominent college football pools, or polls, I beg your pardon, uh, came out uh, today. The AP Top 25 FBS poll is out, as expected, Georgia uh, the landslide leader there got 60 of the 63 first-place votes. Michigan got two, and then Ohio State got one. So you got uh, the Big Ten and the SEC. Imagine that, the top five teams in the AP Top 25 College Football Poll with Georgia number one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, sandwiched around Alabama four, and LSU as high as five. Six through ten went USC, Penn State, the Lions are back, Florida State at number eight. And I know Matt mentioned this on Border to Border today. The clock is ticking if Florida State is really going to back up its threatening words of a couple of weeks ago that it was going to leave the ACC and it should happen sooner rather than later and the grant of rights wasn't going to stop them and all that ridiculousness. Well, tomorrow's their deadline. If they're going to leave and be eligible to move somewhere, don't know where that would be, by uh, next season. that In order to be eligible to leave the ACC at the end of this coming year and play somewhere next year, they have to make that declaration by tomorrow. Anyway, Florida State is number eight. Clemson is number nine. That's probably about as low as Clemson has started in a long time. And then uh, Washington rounds out the top ten at number ten. I'll do this really quickly. Uh, Texas, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon, 11 through 15, 16 through 20, Kansas State, TCU, Oregon State, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma. And then rounding out the top 25, North Carolina. At least we get another ACC team in there, aside from Florida State and Clemson. North Carolina at 21. 
Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tulane at 24, and Iowa at 25. Round out the top 25, the preseason top 25 in the uh, AP poll. And then the um, FCS coaches poll came out, and the CAA is extremely well represented in that uh, and our state as well. So the, uh, the, the Dakotas lead the way. South Dakota State is one, and North Dakota State is two. Montana State is three. And then our tribe from William & Mary, preseason number four, and Holy Cross out of the Patriot League, number five, and Furman out of the Southern is number six. And then the rest of the uh, CAA teams in the top 25, that's the Coastal Athletic Association, for those of you keeping count. Uh, New Hampshire is number 12. Richmond comes in at 16. Home of the Spiders here on 106.1 ESPN. I think that's the highest of any of the preseason polls on the FCS side. And this is the coaches poll uh, on the FCS side. Richmond comes in at 16. Delaware is at 21. And Rhode Island is at 23. So what's that? Five teams in the top 25 for the CAA. So another year of good representation to get this thing started. And you've been hearing the promos. One more plug. Season opener for the Spiders is Saturday, September 2nd. Robin Stadium, 6 o'clock against Morgan State. Uh, I was actually out at the scrimmage, kind of the informal scrimmage for the Spiders. They have two of them. The informal one was this past Saturday as part of practice. Give you some observations on that a little bit later. And then a more formal scrimmage with officials and all of that is set for this Saturday at Robin Stadium, and it is open to the public. So we'll talk much more about that as we move along. Let's move along. We're going to take a timeout. We are at RFMP Park here in Glen Allen at the Babe Ruth World Series where the Glen Allen team is off to a great start, and we're going to talk with some of those folks from the Glen Allen Babe Ruth All-Stars. They'll join us next live on the Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. Miss out on a feel-good Thursday with Bob Black or Jamie's thoughts on South Beach Rob's shirt? Never fear. You can find replays of all our shows and interviews on our website at ESPNRichmond.com or on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. Bob Black back with you. Sports Huddle continues 1061 ESPN. Monday afternoon, we are live at RFP Park at the Babe Ruth World Series. Action going on in front of us or behind us if you're the two Glen Allen players or you're about to hear from who are sitting with their backs to the field. Um, and this tournament is here all week long, and we're thrilled to be out here today to help promote it and talk a little bit more about it, and especially about our Glen Allen All-Stars who are off to a great start. Assistant coach Philip Cook joins us along with two of his top players who are with us here at our broadcast table. Coach Cook, thank you for joining us. Absolutely, sir. Thank you for having us. All right, Philip, tell us a little bit about this team. Give me a little bit of a, a verbal picture of what you got. Gotcha. So we have a group of boys that have been playing together for probably seven or eight years now. They've come up together um, playing here through Glen Allen, also through the travel ball circuit around. And um, they've come through a lot and have developed into a very talented team. Um, we got 15 different personalities on this team, but it's uh, very unique how they're able to bring it and pull it all together. And they uh, they found a way to usually play some pretty good baseball together. All right. So you mentioned they've been together for six, seven years already, which puts them back at about six or seven years old. Yes, sir. When they started playing. Was this something that, that was pointed to, this event, this year at the 13-year-old level? So honestly, once, once we started early on, we didn't know we were going to have the opportunity to participate in this. And... We've had a lot of success with this all-star team through the different age groups throughout Cal Ripken and into Babe Ruth. 
um, making it into multiple regionals, winning state tournaments. And then we found out that we were going to have the ability to host this tournament this year. And uh, it was something that they became very excited about and began working for as soon as we found out towards the end of last year. And they put in a lot of hard work to, to make sure we had a good showing once once everything got going. So. Off to a 2-0 and start? Yes, sir. What are the strengths of this team, in addition to these two fine young men that you have in front of you? Uh, it's it's kind of cliche, but we have a very total package as a team. We, we hit well. We pitch well. We have a very strong defense, and uh, we – totally embrace the team concept of baseball um none of the 15 players that we have on this team play as individuals everybody has a role which could change day to day and they all embrace each other and the understanding they have for our team success that will come from that is something that they've completely taken off and bought into and that's allowed us to get out to this start and hopefully continue the success through the rest of this tournament and throughout the rest of their baseball careers all right having said that tell us about these two guys that we have with us here jackson bates is your center fielder and owen holsenback is your shortstop right absolutely these are two of the absolute leaders on this team jackson bates like you said is our starting center fielder um also our leadoff hitter Um, He's come to us, and he brings an energy and a calm about him where players will understand, regardless if things are going good or bad, they they know he's one they can count on. And I'm not just talking on the field, but somebody they know that's going to be there, show up every day, and uh, get after it. Um, And also with Owen, he's our number two-hole hitter and our shortstop. Um, He is also uh, an ultimate leader. I've had the privilege of coaching, like I said, both of them, but Owen a lot of years and through school ball as well. And Owen is one of the ones that he is a big leader by example, and he's one that shows up every day. Doesn't matter how he feels, the temperature outside, he's going to give you 115%. And if if you're going to be on the field with him, he's going to expect that of everybody with him. And he's one that always picks him up and carries them through the way, leads through example with the things that he does. All right, time for these guys to make their radio debut with all their teammates watching and kidding them from down below here. I love it. We'll see how focused they can be if they're as focused as they are in the field or in the batter's box. Jackson, what's this been like? Coach mentioned you guys have been at this for six, seven years now, and you're only 13 years old. But what's kind of this this journey been like for you? Yes, sir. Well, we start we start practicing like pretty early in the summer, and we just make it all the way to here. This year, we didn't have to do anything besides from just get here, right? Which was teams probably don't know how good we are, like what we have, but we're unexpected now. Everybody knows that we're good, and. Yeah. So you've been doing this all summer. So how much of a uh, oh, and how much of a sacrifice is that for you? Are you? I mean, are you still able to, you know, do all the other things that you'd want to do in the summer, or you know, is baseball that big of a number one priority? Yeah, baseball is pretty. It's pretty my number one in life. Um, it's, it's really all I think about. Um, you know, practicing. We used to practice about five days a week. Now I practice about twice a week. But you know, I mix in whenever I can, whenever I have time. All right, let's talk a little bit about what Coach said about this team. Jackson, what do you like about this team? Well, we're not – it's not a single person who carries the team. It's not, like, three people. Everybody on the team plays a part. Everybody likes each other. Nobody, like, gets down on one another. We're just a very one-unit team. Oh, and what has this tournament so far been like? How, how different maybe does it feel than, than playing through, you know, a, a normal season of games? It's been awesome, man. It's – um. It's pretty fun. It's, you know, coming out here with these 15 or 14 guys, 
It's, I mean, I wouldn't take anything. I wouldn't do anything else. Um, it's, it's pretty fun. How much do you guys get to meet some of the other guys from some of the other teams? I mean, we got teams from, what, Idaho and Hawaii yeah. and Florida and Rhode Island. Is there much interaction or, or not? Either one of you. Um, we've, t- we've talked to Hawaii a little bit. They're really cool. Um, all the teams have been good so far, good sportsmanship and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We get to talk to them a little bit. It's not like we're talking to them every day, but whenever we get the chance to, we do. Um, Philip, what is that like for for you guys as adults and as coaches that they have an opportunity now to kind of show what they can do against literally national competition? Oh, it's fantastic opportunity and getting to see the hard work that they've put in leading up to this opportunity, watching it come to fruition. Um, like I said, I see them 365 days a year almost throughout the fall, winter, and summer. It's a grind that, you know, baseball has become. They they play other sports. They do other things. But after a football practice or after a wrestling match, they're still coming into baseball practices at night. Um, and some would think, hey, they might be getting burned out. That might happen. But reading this group of boys and what they do, they absolutely love it, and that's what's allowed them to get so much better. But watching them through the experience as the adults around, I think, you know, talking about the opportunity, meeting other coaches from all over the country and everything else, um, that's a great experience for us. And sometimes we're more like kids in a candy store than they are, just watching them and watching to get them have success and, you know, live out the dream at this beautiful complex and get the opportunities to do things. You know, playing the game, one, that they love, and two, also being here, you know, getting this opportunity to be on the radio today. It's just, it's great and stuff they can take with them that I'm sure they'll never forget. It's a little underwhelming so far, isn't it, to be, to be on the radio. It's probably not quite what you thought it might be. What what schools are you guys at right now? I go to Hungry Creek, or I go to Glen Allen High School now. Okay. I go to Hanover High School. All right, so you guys are going to be at different competing high schools, yeah. right? So what's that kind of like when you're teammates during the summer, but you're not going to be come high school seasons? I mean, whenever you step on the field, it doesn't really matter. When you step between those lines, it's, it's competition. Outside, you can do everything you want after the game. Oh, and what other? Are you playing other sports, or is it all baseball? I used to play basketball a little bit. I might pick that up uh, in a year or two, but kind of fell out the love of basketball, kind of just focus on baseball at the moment. Yep. Jackson, how about you? Well, it's my boy right here, but as soon as we step into the lines, <laughs> that's competition. I'm going to beat him every time. Wow. You heard him say that, right? Yeah, I heard him say that. Got, got something you want to say back? <laughs> See, now this is getting there to be better. There we go. This is getting to be better radio now. I'm trying to egg you on. I'll just let my game talk. Wow. All right. Jackson, any other sports? No, sir. Just baseball at this point? Um, all right. Any uh, superstitions, quirky stuff for you guys? You guys do walk-up songs? Uh, no. no. One of my superstitions is um, before every game, I eat like a whole thing of blueberries. Oh, that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. yeah Was that coach-driven? Like, oh, no. That's, that's not I, bad. Listen, there's certain things, and they're very responsive to me, but <laughs> with superstitions and things like that, I'm all about them uh, being able to find and express their identity. Whatever works for them and gets them locked in, I'm good with it. Got anything, Jackson? Well, I don't have a before game, but after every win, you know, gulp down like five hot dogs. <laughs> that's more like it. That's what I was waiting to hear. Hey, they're locked in. That, that's, that's good stuff. Have you guys um, – allowed yourself, I'm not trying to get ahead of yourself, your coach is sitting right here, allowed you to think what this experience could be like if you're fortunate enough to make a deep run in this tournament. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Um, it's just, it's been so fun so far. I mean, it's being 2-0 and is a great start, and if we can finish out pool play with maybe 4-0, be the one seed, get a bye, I think that'll be I think that'll be great, good Jack- spot. Jackson? It would be, it would be great to win. We haven't, we haven't won 
the World Series yet so far. Right. So to get our first one, 13U, it'd be really big. How much further will this go on beyond 13 for these guys? Will they stay together? So, you know, honestly, uh, a lot of them will continue to play throughout travel ball and into showcase ball um, on a lot of the same teams. Some of them will play at competing organizations. But with Glen Allen, it's to be determined if they continue up to 15 or beyond. Right. But it's just a matter how it goes with that. I know each and every one of them are going to continue to play baseball in some capacity with it. Um, but with this, that's what I make sure I tell them before every game is to make sure you take the time and take the minute to take it in. Don't yeah. let the moment get too big and go by too fast because this is something special you're getting to be a part of. Um, and I try to remind them every single day, hey, enjoy it. Regardless of the results that happen, take it all in and then. So all of their teammates have migrated from down in the first row all the way up to the seats right here so they, they can kind of hear them talking. So which are the really good guys amongst this group, fellas? Or, you know, what do you got to say about these guys right here? Um, they're awesome. That's, that's I mean, they're a little annoying sometimes, but uh, pretty got cool. A, got a little goofball right here, a bigger one right there, and then another one right there. Yeah. To, to remain un nameless in yeah. this particular situation. You guys got favorite major league teams? Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Same. Pick the winner, right? Red Sox all day. Are you really? Absolutely. Oh, you, you've had some, some opportunity to talk with your coach here, man. <laughs> your team's doing way better than his. <laughs> hey, that's all right. We take the good and the bad together. Our uh, sales guy here, Scott, he's a big Red Sox fan. Awesome. What's with these yellow uniforms? I mean, I get the derivation of them, but why are they wearing them like every night? Well, I, I, yeah, like I think they do it too much. I agree. Yeah. I actually like ours compared to some of the other major league teams that uh, – Leave a little bit more to These be desired Connect, that are pretty bad. You know, yeah. But, you know, it's all, it's all about it. We know what it is. It's yep. a marketing ploy. Anything more <laughs> yes. they can sell, they're going to do it. Yep. Braves so. got the Yankees this next couple days. Pretty, pretty yeah, good I series. Think, I think we have a really good chance against the Yankees. They're not doing too well. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not at all. Easy I support dog. that. There you go. All right, you guys play tomorrow night? Tomorrow night yeah. at 7 versus Wisconsin. All right. Well, hope you get a big crowd out here and you keep doing well. Eat those blueberries before the game. Eat those hot dogs after the game. That means you won, right? Thank you. Thank you, fellas. Absolutely. Phil, thank you. Hey, thank you all so much for having us, and I uh, appreciate you all being out here for the tournament. Absolutely. 7 o'clock tomorrow night, right, for thank Glenn you. Allen thank you. against uh, Wisconsin. And thank you, fellas. Thank you. Uh, let's get a break in here. We'll come back. we get got uh, one more segment to go on the Sports Huddle. We'll do that, get you up until 6 o'clock this afternoon, and we continue after a timeout, 106.1 ESPN. The Spiders are fresh off their first playoff berth since 2016 and hungry for more. Follow every first down, pick six, and blocked punt here on the exclusive home for the Richmond Spiders. 106.1 ESPN Richmond. Final segment on a uh, Monday afternoon of the Sports Huddle. Bob Black with you here. Again, we've told you we're out here at RFMP Park. If you're interested, come on out. Watch this Babe Ruth World Series. The 13-year-old gangs are getting after it. No admission charge out here. They do have a concession stand. It's good old-fashioned, old-time baseball out here at RFMP Park. And if you want to wait till tomorrow night, you can get to see the Glen Allen team in action 7 o'clock against Wisconsin. Bob, uh, again, those couple... kids sounded like pros, by the way. They did. Well, you got to hone your media skills if you're going to be a baseball star, AJ, right? Got to be, you got to be able to win the press conference, as I like to say. They're ready to join the dead horses. They, <laughs> and they, they really didn't show any nerves at all. And truthfully, all of their teammates, you know what's going to happen there, right? All of the jealous teammates are starting to razz them, sitting just off to the side here, throwing some like ice cube at them, that kind of thing, like they do in the major leagues, AJ, right? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, and that yeah. might happen in your Philly team. Oh, that happens every night they win. Now they haven't done that the last couple of nights, so they've they've definitely frustrated me. So they've got a night off tonight. So uh, big one for the Braves. They get the Yankees for the next uh, several days down there in Atlanta. I guess it's not as big as it would have been if the Yankees had been any good, but they're not. And I think I read something. If the if the um, if the Mets had lost last night, AJ, man, it's so easy to pick on your team. Why do I do that? We should put a moratorium on that. But if they had lost last night, which they didn't, they actually showed a little bit of a heartbeat and beat the Braves last night, they would have been in last place, and the Yankees would have been in last place. And I don't think that's ever happened this late in the season in the city of New York where both of them were in last place. I remember it once. Uh, it had to have been sometime between 06 and in 2010, I think. I, uh-huh. I was a teenager living in New York. I remember it happening once. Now, I don't know how long or whatever, but I do remember that because, boy, Mike and Mike on the on the radio, it was, it was bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it, it has not happened much, if at all, that both New York teams were in last place this late, you know, middle of August yeah. into the season. Uh, kind of, yeah. What do you make of the Giants? That's what Matt and me were talking about that earlier. Uh, you know, the Giants are one of these teams that I they always just kind of pick up in the playoffs. The NFL Giants or the MLB Giants? <laughs> the MLB Giants. <laughs> I thought you were moving over to, to football. I would do that to you, Bob. About, yes, you can do that to me. I got into it this weekend, by the way. I watched the Commanders game one night, and I watched the Eagles game the next, and I kept yelling, it's my job, it's my job. Put it this way, I'll never segue to the New York Giants. You can, you can trust on that. <laughs> yeah, that makes some sense. But, yeah, no, I watched uh, watched them both. Uh, watched the Commanders and then uh, watched the – I really – I really was rooting for the Eagles to, to snap the Ravens uh, streak. And I get what Al Galdi's saying. I mean, it would be another um, cleansing of the commanders if they could beat the, be the team to beat their neighbors up the road in a meaningless game. But I think it'll have some spice to it because they're going to practice against each other and with each other for the next two days. And I'll guarantee you in the next two days, at some point, there'll be some kind of scrum. I don't know if there will actually be fisticuffs or pushing and shoving or tearing helmets, but there will be some kind of scrum. There was it's last football. time. Yeah, yeah, it's football after all. So something will come of that in addition to, you know, all of the good opportunities that they'll have to practice. And then the game, I think, becomes a little bit more meaningful, and it is Washington and Baltimore. They don't play against each other during the regular season. Um, so I think it, would be, it may be the one time I'd root for commanders. Like, I'd, I want to see this streak end by the Ravens. I think oh. it's so stupid. Oh. No, no, finish your point. Finish your That's point. It's so stupid that I want it to end. I don't care yeah. who does it at Look, this point. I've heard Matt on his hour. You and Al. I listened to you, Al. I had I, all three of you just going in on the Ravens. Like you just stu- Look, I'm not going to walk around and brag about it, but uh, y'all need to And it's not hating. their fault. I know. It's not their fault that they've won all these games with a myriad of players, none of whom any of us know who they are because they're no longer Ravens for the most part through through that entire streak. You, you know so. what I was excited about? It's I mean, it's Baltimore news, and it didn't really hit high, but Dobbins is, is coming back, and I love yeah, that, Yeah, I saw dude. that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I just saw that. So that, that is true. That It is Baltimore news, but we do talk about them um, a little bit, but he's he's coming off of the uh, the pup list, right, off of the – Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, that, that definitely helps them. That's my guy. I Him in the backfield with – Wait a minute. Why is he your guy? 
He was really good. He, before he got I know injured. he was, but what made Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, your guy out of every NFL guy out there? Come on. Well, no, Moravin, I mean, because he's a Moravins fan. He he did great, like, coming in. We didn't have a good running back in, since that guy hit his wife in a in, a, in an elevator. You know what I'm saying? It's been, it's been slim pickings. So Dobbins came in. I like how he plays, and I've been waiting for him and Jackson to kind of get it together. He really hasn't played under this awesome Lamar Jackson yet. So, look, I know you've been all over the world and all over the map and all of that, but how are you like a Mets fan, a Ravens fan, and a Lakers fan? What, What's I'll, the connection? What, connect the dots for me. I'll rip it off. Uh, born or Living in Queens for a long time, so Mets. Born okay. in Baltimore, so Ravens. Oh, I didn't know that. I did yep. not know you were a Baltimore native. That I, was, I did not know. Yep, okay. Baltimore ra- uh, native, yep, which I sort of had the Orioles too, but when I moved to New York... I, I, I adopted the Mets and dumped the Orioles, so it's not fair. It's not fair. To my credit, I, I dropped the <laughs> Orioles during Cal Ripken's run. So, wow. So it wasn't That's like it the was the right a, time to do that, really. Nope, but I had to I had to represent something up there, and it wasn't going to be <laughs> the Knicks, and it wasn't going to be the Giants or the Jets, so I had to adopt the Mets. And okay. then L.A. is Lakers. I was a, a huge Seattle Supersonics fan growing up. And then when they obviously defunct, uh, I just sort of floated around. And then when I moved to L.A., I adopted the Lakers. Gotcha. Which is going to be interesting when the Seattle gets their team. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do then. <laughs> when Seattle gets what team? Oh, yeah. I mean, the NBA is going to expand. Like, the next oh, two teams. Oh, it is. Teams, You're right. No, the NBA yeah. will expand. Absolutely so, will expand. So when the Supersonics come back, come back I don't know yeah. how I'm going to feel. Yeah, I, I get it. I, the, I hear you. And the only reason for the Supersonics was green was my favorite color. Oh, really? Yep. How about that. And huh. I loved Sean Kemp. I thought he was the man just slamming down. See, I think it's fascinating being a guy who grew up in one city and rooted for just one city's teams. When I talk to all you guys, my friends and gals that, that have various different teams per sport, which I never experienced. Like, uh, it's one and done for me. It's so. it's normally BS, but in my situation, <laughs> it's adopting. So, for example, I, I'm I'm going to adopt the Richmond Spiders in this situation. You yeah. You absolutely better. And, and you know what? I'm genuinely going to, not just to kiss up now. And so it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to be able to sort of be in a position in life and adopt, you know? And we, we will give you a front row seat when you come to see the Spiders, too. Heard. Okay. Her. You got it. You got it. You got it. All right, we've had a front row seat, literally, out here at uh, RFMP Park. The Babe Ruth tournament is going on all week. And, again, they literally are from all over the country and beyond because we do have a team from Hawaii that is here. There are a couple of Virginia teams, Idaho, Wisconsin, Texas, Rhode Island, Florida, Colorado all represented out here. So it really is an amazing tournament, and they do an amazing job with it in a beautiful location, a beautiful spot. If you've never been here, it's at Crump Park in Henrico County. RF&P Park is the baseball stadium at the back end of the park. Take a ride out here off of Route 33, off of Mountain Road. Tournament's here all week. No admission charge. Concession stand is open. And the Glen Allen team plays tomorrow night at 7 o'clock against Wisconsin, and we'll keep an eye on them throughout the course of the week. Hey, thanks to all the guests that we had out here today. Dan Schmidt, who is our Brooklyn District Supervisor and very big into Babe Ruth Baseball, as well as Rebecca Slough. She was terrific. She's done about everything you can do at Babe Ruth League Baseball, and 
Savage. She has been inducted into their Hall of Fame. And then we had some of the Glen Allen guys with us just a little bit ago. Philip Cook, one of their coaches, Jackson Bates and Owen Holsomeback, a couple of their outstanding players, and they'll be ready to go tomorrow night. Robert Oley, thank you. On location here at RFMP Park and AJ back in our studio. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon, uh, 4 o'clock with the next edition of the Sports Huddle. We'll all do it tomorrow, right? Jamie King at 7 with the Sports King. Big Al with Sports Phone from 8 until 10. Our ESPN Network programming middle of the day. And then Matt Josephs from 3 to 4 with Border to Border. And I'll be back tomorrow with the Sports Huddle from 4 to 6. Hope you'll join us then right here on 106.1 ESPN. doesn't need to be new 